say hello because I'm hearing Darren's really doing a job. Which tells you a lot about Darren. There's no games, right? Darren is a fighter and an outstanding warrior. And Darren is a fearless supporter of the Second Amendment and a tireless champion of religious liberty. So good luck, Darren. Go do it. Welcome to High Cheese with Darren Maloney. Today is Monday, June 27th, 2022. And I want to thank President Trump for the kudos. But seriously, I just, Trump was in Illinois and he had endorsed Darren Bailey for governor out there. And I just, you know, made some clips just to have some fun with it. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I had fun doing it. But let's get down to serious business. And the hits keep on coming. The hits keep on coming from the Supreme Court. The latest hit is the Washington State football coach that was fired by his school system for kneeling and praying after football games. And I think he was fired in 2015 and he had sued for his, uh, you know, he, he had sued for his job back and I think he lost and uh, he just took it to the Supreme Court. And uh, the Supreme Court respects people's religion. They respect people's ability to express their religion. And this is what the school systems are lacking in the country right now, the public school systems. And hopefully this is a warning sign to these school boards, to these school systems, to these superintendents. You can't be godless. You have to let God-fearing people conduct their lives. And anytime a coach wants to pray after a game, it's not infringing on anybody else's rights. You're infringing on their rights. And this is where the Supreme Court gets it. And, and I think Gorsuch had mentioned this in the past. I, I'm not sure, and I'm not quoting him directly. But he said it's constitutional to have unpopular opinions. So if you're a football coach, if you're a Christian football coach, and you want to pray after a game in front of godless fans, you have every right to do so. And you have every right to do so in a godless school system. And Gorsuch gets that. And the Supreme Court gets that. These school systems have no right to attack religion. They have no right to attack Christianity. And up until this court, Christians have been whipping boys. Christians have been taking it on the chin. And those days are gone. I think in previous episodes, I've said the same thing about the, uh, the gay community. The gay community has no right to tell a religion or Christian what to think. You want to be gay? Be gay. But you have no right to go after a religion, to go after Christianity, because they do not accept your way of life. That's what religions are. And this Supreme Court is protecting your right to conduct your religion. So kudos to the Supreme Court. The hits keep on coming, and there's going to be more. So one of my brothers had sent me an article from uh, one of my favorite columnists, Miranda Devine, and it has to do with the lies that the Democrats are spreading since uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And I want to go to the article, and I, I, I may wind up reading the whole thing because it's really important right now to... Uh, frame what uh, the Democrats are doing right now and the lies they continue to spread. 
So let me just go to the article. And the headline of the article just says, The Democrats lies on abortion since SCOTUS overruling of Roe v. Wade. And let me just go down the list. And it says here, lie number one, Biden and Pelosi are devout Catholics. And it says here, woman caring for their health is the president's euphemism for abortion. It was a sad day and a tragic error, said Biden, when the Supreme Court returned the issue to the voters and their elected state representatives to decide to decide on abortion. And he vowed to do everything in his power to preserve abortion. Like Pelosi, Biden's position on abortion is at odds with Catholic teachings. And in her strange way, Nancy Pelosi has come out and said that she is a devout practicing Catholic. And just remember, Pelosi was barred from receiving communion from the Archbishop of San Francisco a few months ago. And I don't know why Biden isn't banned from receiving communion either. But these people and even these, uh, uh, these priests in the Catholic Church who have to jump through these moral hurdles and these crazy juxtaposition of what is morality to come to a conclusion that it's okay to support abortion and be a Catholic or to support a abortion and to be a Christian. I just find no consistency in that argument. Particularly when you're giving the women the right to kill a baby right before birth. And I think if you listen to the former governor of Virginia, you could kill that baby after it was born. So how would Christ look at your opinion if you call yourself a Christian and you support that type of abortion? It's barbaric. And as much as Biden and Pelosi have to answer for this someday, so do these Catholic priests, and so do these ministers and pastors that support abortion, late-term abortion in particular. Just horrific. And you call yourself a Christian? Well, what kind of Christianity is that? These politicians that claim to be Catholic or Christian are not following their faith. And that's part of the big lie. That's part of the big deception that the Democrats are playing on you or playing on their, their voting base. Because quite frankly, their voting base is dumb. A good chunk of them are dumb. And they'll listen to these politicians well, the politician, they said that uh, they're Christian and, uh, you know, their Christianity is supportive of what they do. So it must be okay. No, it's not. But they're going to keep on pushing that lie. Oh, by the way, did you see Nancy Pelosi elbow Myra Flores' daughter doing a photo op? No, this is, you know, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt when I see something like this. But she, she elbowed this kid out of the way. And I think Flores gave kudos to her daughter saying, hey, you handled this in a classy way, unlike the Speaker of the House, Pelosi. But it's so telling. It's so telling about this person, Pelosi. She is so, has so much lust for power.
whether it do- comes down to a photo op, that she'll elbow a kid out of the way. And it was quite impressive. I played basketball, and this is what the, this is how they teach you to go rebound, elbow people, box them out. So maybe uh, Pelosi has a future as a coach in basketball once her days as speaker are over. But anyway, I, I, I digress. Let's get back to Miranda Devine's column. The second lie, it says here, most Americans support abortion. And she writes, polls show that almost 9 in 10 Americans oppose Biden Pelosi's extreme position of abortion on demand until birth, late-term abortion. A Trafalgar Group poll last month showed that less than 12% of Americans support abortions to birth, while 57% believe abortion should be banned once an unborn baby's heartbeat can be detected, which is about six weeks with today's science. Even among Democrats, only 19% think that abortion should be legal until birth. Scientific advances showing us deleted ultrasound photos inside the womb and allowing premature babies to survive at 25 weeks have changed that equation. Most Americans want reasonable restrictions with compassionate exceptions to safeguard the mother's life and in cases of rape and incense, which Planned Parenthood's own research tells us is less than 1% of abortions. What's more, a Rasmussen poll last month showed 48% of voters said they would approve of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade and 45 would disapprove. Among Democrats, 33% said they would approve. And a Fox News poll found 40, 54% of voters supported states, state laws banning abortion at 15 weeks, such as in Mississippi, where the Supreme Court case originated. Then line number three, abortion would be a vote winner for Democrats. You know, in my last episode, I told the Democrats, go for it. Push this whole abortion thing. Push this unlimited access to abortion till birth. And you'll see Hispanics move quicker than they are to the Republican Party. Hispanics are Christian, they're religious, and they value life. And push this death agenda on them and see how they vote in November. So I want you to push on this. Push on this, Democrats. Line number four. Christo fascists bought this on. And it says here, the truth is Democrats stray too far from public opinion. Where once the phrase safe, legal, and rare summed up a palatable position from Democrats, they allowed extremists to push it to abortion at any time for any reason, including for sex selection and to get rid of Down syndrome babies, which is opposed by 70% of Americans, according to the Knights of Columbus survey last year. And let me tell you a little bit about Down syndrome kids. They're great kids. I had a dear friend of mine in college, his, his father ran a, uh, a center for Down syndrome kids. And I, I had the, uh, the pleasure to be around some of these Down syndrome kids. And, uh, you know, they're, the most wonderful thing about these kids is that they're self-aware. And 
they're wonderful people. They have personality. They have great personalities. And I, find, I have found it so distasteful when I found out that there were parents that were boarding their kids once they found out that their kids had Down syndrome. And I'll tell you, not only is it you're snuffing out a life, but you're taking a wonderful experience of being, to, uh, being able to raise a Down syndrome kid. Because they are really good kids. But that's the Democratic Party for you. Oh, I, you know, I, oh, I don't want a brown-eyed kid. Let's kill it. I don't want a blue-eyed kid. Let's kill it. And then let's go to lie number five. It says abortion is a constitutional right and contraception and gay marriage are next on the chopping block. And Miranda goes on to say, that's just wrong. Alito mentioned that this is this case is simply about abortion. It doesn't apply to anything else. So when the Democrats are saying this, it's not true. Oh, and I, I missed line number six. There's one more line. It says here, line number six, it says companies that are offering thousands of dollars to employees who want abortions interstate are enlightened. And Miranda goes, hardly. They should offer similar lump sums to pregnant employees to keep their babies. Or how about giving families that just had babies a raise, making it easier to raise a kid. And here's the problem with these big corporations. These big corporations, you've got a big split between the CEOs and the workers, I, it, it's just a ridiculous, a ridiculous gap between the average salary of a worker and the average salary of the CEO. So why don't you give your employees that have babies a little extra bonus? Make it a little easier on them to raise a kid. Stop being selfish and hoarding money. That's the enlightened thing. Not paying your employees to kill babies. Make it easier for your employees to have babies and have a family and meet the American dream. But again, you have to understand from most of corporate America today, and I'm really, I'm talking about big business and big tech. They couldn't care less if you reach the American dream. They couldn't care less. It's all about maintaining their own power. So it's all about maintaining their ability to be part of the merger between the Democratic Party and big business. That's what's important to them. You're not. So just remember that. And before I switch uh, subjects, I just want to play a clip from Christy Nome. Christy Nome is the governor of South Dakota, and she really brings clarity to this subject of abortion and the Roe v. Wade overturn. So what I want to do is I just want to play a clip. And she's uh, being interviewed by Martha Raddatz. And Martha Raddatz is probably one of the top two passive-aggressive journalists out there. So it's, it's, not a, it's a tough interview. And, uh, but Christine Holm is really, really clear on this subject. She has clarity. And listen to what she has to say. And then we'll come back and discuss. 
You say every abortion always has two victims, the unborn child and the mother. What would you say to adult women in this country who do not feel they are in any way victims, that in fact they consider choices they make with their own bodies no one's business but theirs and their doctors? You know, I'd encourage them to continue to follow the science, to, con to continue to follow uh, what we know to be true today with the technology that's been advanced and to really look at the Supreme Court decision for what it is. Take the sensational uh, pundit commentary out of it and look at the fact that what the Supreme Court did was fix a wrong decision that was made many years ago and now give the power back to the states. What they said is that the Constitution does not guarantee a right to an abortion. That means that each state will make the decision for themselves on what their laws look like and that those women have an opportunity to speak to their elected officials there closer to home to make sure that their laws reflect what they value. Uh, we have passed many pro-life bills since I've been governor of the state of South Dakota. We've had heated debates and good discussions on the policy of what really is something that makes sure every life is precious in the state of South Dakota, that we're making sure that we are providing those types of resources and doing more even in the future to help those mothers and those families make sure that they're raising their babies or connecting them with families who would want to should they choose adoption. I don't believe women should ever be prosecuted. I don't believe that, that mothers in this situation ever be prosecuted. Now, doctors who knowingly violate the law, they should be prosecuted, definitely. And Governor Nome really brings clarity to this subject at this point in time. And one thing I take away from this is that each state is going to have to pass their own abortion legislation. And for those people that are living in blue states, you have to speak up. This is your time. It's not enough that Roe v. Wade was overturned. You have to speak up in your state governing bodies and let them know where you stand with abortion. And even those people that live in the red states, too, still maintain activity. Because you want to cover everything. You want to make sure no one drops the ball on this. But again, Governor Nome, it sounds like she has an extremely compassionate program which is not what we've seen with Roe v. Wade over all these years. So we shall see. Now, I want to spend a few minutes about this article I read in Breitbart, and it has to do with uh, a million Democratic voters had switched parties to the Republican Party since Joe Biden gave, uh, came into office. And at face value, it looks like a good thing, but I've got a different spin on this. And it's only because there is a game that Democrats love to play, particularly uh, during primaries, is uh, they love to game the system. And what they like to do is uh, they like to switch parties and vote for Republicans who they think would be easier to beat in a general election. And Democrats have been doing this for years, uh, particularly in New Jersey, too. So, uh, you know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, you know, I, I remember uh, one of the cities in northern Jersey doing this, and uh, they've been doing it ever since. So it's, it is it is a game that the Democrats play. And don't you hate that about the Democrats? They love to game any system that they're involved with, whether it's welfare, whether it's uh, uh, Roe v. Wade. It's just, it's all about gaming the system. You got to put the right people in place so you can game the system. And that's what the Democrats love to do. And look, we've already seen articles. I think it was New York Times covered Democratic voters that switched uh, parties in order to vote, I think, in Pennsylvania. And then uh, I think because 
Georgia was an open primary state that Democrats just voted in the uh, Repu- uh, the Republican primary. And I, I quite honestly, I think that's how Raffensperger won Secretary of State without a runoff because there was a lot of Democratic voters that came in and voted for Raffensperger. And uh, I think up in Pennsylvania, people thought that uh, Mastriano was uh, the, going to be the weaker candidate. So they had, you know, voted for him, <laughs> you know, and they're going to find out that's a mistake. But, you know, this is a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing for democracy, but this is a game that the d- Democrats play. Now, even Liz Cheney is picking up on the bad Democratic habits. She's been hanging out with too many Democrats up on this uh, J6 hearing. Now, I get a newsletter every uh, so often from the Wyoming Republican Party. And one of the things that they recently sent out to me is that uh, Cheney is soliciting Democrats to change parties so they can vote for her in the Republican primary. So she's doing exactly what the Democrats have always been doing over these years. Shocking, huh? Well... Listen, if you hang out with Democrats, you're going to start picking up their bad habits. And that's what Cheney's doing. Go figure, huh? So my question would be is how many of that million people that switched had bad intent? And I'm not sure how much we're going to ever find out, but there's a possibility that that number uh, could be lower. Uh, I just don't know how much lower. I don't think any of us will know how much lower, but there's probably a a decent amount of those uh, switchover votes were trying to game the system in the Republican primary. So that's my switch on this. And here's why I still believe this. Even though I've seen it 30 years ago in New Jersey, and I know it's it's gone on in other places in New Jersey, and it goes on today. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from Project Veritas, and what Veritas did, they were able to get a voice recording, a telephone conversation between Crystal Matthews, a U.S. Senate candidate running in South Carolina, and somebody in prison. And let me just play this clip. And this is how the Democratic play the game. She wants to put a Manchurian candidate in the Republican parties or a bunch of Manchurian candidates in the Republican parties. And this is how they work. This is what we are up against because this is their religion. And people, acolytes, will do anything to keep their religion going. Whether it's gaming the system, Republican primaries, or putting Manchurian candidates within the Republican primary. So let me just play this can- this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss, and thank God for Project Veritas. We need, we need some secret sleepers. Like, you need, we need them to run as the other side, even though they're for our side. And we need right, them to win. Right. We need people to run as Republicans in these local elections. And this is the only way you're going to change the the dynamics in South Carolina. We can battle them in public all day. As long as we know we're working for the same goal, for me, I feel like, y'all, we need sleepers. When we get enough of us in there, we can wreak havoc for real from the inside out. We gotta take back some of these seats, especially in these local elections. We need a group of sleepers. So this is a candidate in South Carolina that is in the runoff. So they had their primary a week or two ago or several weeks ago, 
And she finished in the top two. And their runoff is tomorrow, June 28th, I believe. And it's going to be really interesting to see if she wins. Now, think about it. This is a U.S. Senator candidate. This person could wind up in the U.S. Senate. She's running against Tim Scott. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's a possibility that this person could wind up in the U.S. Senate. And you don't think that these conversations are already going on in the U.S. Senate? These conversations are going among Democrats, lobbyists, and certain members of the bureaucracy. We, we call them rhinos. So they're already here. And this is the great thing about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is exposing all these people to the point where they're just, yeah, they're admitting it. Yep. Yep. We do sleepers. We believe in infanticide. And that's the magical thing about Trump. He's just exposing these people, these evil people about their intent. He gets them to the point where they just admit everything. Now, of course, MAGA is helping and MAGA is really pushing the ball on all this. But from a symbolic standpoint, it's been Trump. We're just continuing to carry the ball. I'm kind of, I'm, you know, I'm really interested in seeing what happens tomorrow night in this runoff. So let's see what happens. Because that, quite, quite frankly, this could be an indictable offense. The other thing that I didn't play is that she's already talking about coordinating illegal campaign contributions. So isn't it funny that you've got these J6 hearings going on about Trump? But And I didn't play the clip. Maybe I will in another episode. But you've got a U.S. Senate candidate talking to somebody about violating election laws, uh, election finance laws. And is her house raided? Well, maybe we'll find out tomorrow. I don't think it will be. So we shall see. Well, speaking of Donald Trump, he was in Illinois on Saturday and uh, he was really good. So let me just uh, play a minute or two uh, from his rally on Saturday in Illinois. And uh, then we'll come back and discuss. The Democrat Party have failed to forcefully condemn the violence and threats and hold the perpetrators accountable. There could be no greater illustration of the two-tiered system of justice. We've never had anything like what's going on right now that we have in our country than the fact that at the very moment the radical Democrats were staging a ridiculous fake trial over January 6th, their party leaders are saying nothing about the violent intimidation of the United States Supreme Court. They refuse to talk about it. They refuse to do anything. As you have seen, the vile group of unhinged partisans and craven lunatics on the unselect committee are pushing a fake and fabricated narrative based on doctored video lies and testimony that is totally uncontested by cross-examination. The lies are unbelievable. It's a disgrace to our country. A bunch of rhinos get up. They're going to make their name big for a day. Everything they're showing is ripped utterly out of context, such as when Liz Cheney, a real loser she is, cut out, cut out the part of my quote in a speech that I made, a certain speech, that said that their voices should be heard peacefully and patriotically. She left those words out. Would you say that's nice? She left them out. 
It's a sham. Think of that. She left out the words peacefully and patriotically. And why didn't Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of Washington, D.C. accept my offer on January 3rd, three days before, of 10,000 soldiers or National Guard or more to protect the Capitol? You know, they are in charge of security. And they said, she's off bounds. We don't ask her any questions. If they had sent those soldiers, even if they had sent 1,000, not 10,000 or 20,000, January 6th would not be January 6th as we know it. But they won't talk about it. They refuse to mention that. It's all just a continuation of the fake Russia, Russia, Russia scam. Impeachment hoax number one. Impeachment hoax number two. And the fake Mueller investigation. Remember, after two and a half years, no collusion. We found no collusion. 18 angry Democrats, all prosecutors, they found no collusion. Two and a half years, the Russia hoax was the greatest in history. There's never been anything like it in the history of our country where they totally fabricated and made up stories that didn't exist. They spied on my campaign. They got caught. And these rhinos are in many ways worse than the Democrats because you don't really know where they're coming from. You know, you don't know where they're coming from. Kinziger, by the way, is out. He quit. Never forget everything this corrupt establishment is doing to me is all about preserving their power and control over the American people. If I renounced my beliefs, which I won't do, if I agreed to stay silent, if I stayed at home, if I said that a corrupt election was wonderful, the persecution would stop immediately. They'd say, good luck. Let's go on to the next victim. But I can't do that because I love our country far, far too much. Isn't it funny? After all these hearings, all this waste of time, all it takes is a, a two to three minute segment by Donald Trump just to blow this to smithereens. Just to blow this whole narrative to smithereens. That's how weak their case is. That's why they have to doll it up to make it look like some type of game show or something. Some type of soap opera. In our next episode of Get Trump. But Trump is going to win. We are going to win. Okay, let's take a quick look at stocks. Uh, the Dow is down today. 0.2% to 31,438 and 20.26. 20, uh, year to date, the Dow is down 13.48%. The S&P was down today 0.3% to 3,900.11. Year to date, the S&P is down 18.17%. The NASDAQ was down today 0.72% to 11,524.58. Year to date, the NASDAQ is down 26.34%. Uh, oil futures are trading right now at $110.55. And right now it is 10 o'clock in the evening on Monday, June 27th, 2022. Gold futures are trading at $1,826.30 an ounce, and silver is trading at $21.12 per ounce. The G7 met this week, and they decided that they were going to ban imports of Russian gold. And uh, it didn't have any effect on the gold price today, and or very little effect on the gold price. Uh, I think uh, Russia, or Russia produces, I think... 10% of the world's gold. 
they're definitely in the top four, top five of gold producers in the world. Um, but, you know, that that's where we are with gold in them. And uh, I think like many of the other sanctions that were put on Russia, they just don't seem to be working. The interesting thing is the uh, um, all the financial media was making a big deal about, oh, Russia is defaulting on its debt. Now, there was, a hundred, uh, I think, a $100 million debt payment that uh, Russia had to make. And Russia was ready to um, make the payment, but the, uh, the Western Bank says, no, we're not going to take your money. And what they're now saying is, oh, well, you're defaulting. You're not paying off your, your debt. And Russia's position is, well, I just, I'm sending you the money, but we're not going to take it. And then they make a big thing about it, that uh, Russia is defaulting on their debt. And the only reason that Russia is technically defaulting on their debt is that the Western world won't accept a Russia payment. So, you know, again, it's just more posturing at this point because you can make a clear case that Russia is better off today economically or at least the same than it was before the war. If the ruble is any indication of that, the ruble is higher than it was then before the war. So Europe has made a mess. The globalists have made a mess of this. And again, as I've always been saying, as uh, they realize more and more that, of, uh, that they have created this mess, they're going to look for a big distraction. And my worry is that that big distraction is going to be World War III. So we shall see on that. And then Bitcoin. Bitcoin's trading at $20,615.26. Ethereum is trading at $1,177.63. And XRP is trading at $0.35. Cents. Let's take a quick look at the economic calendar for the week. On Tuesday, the 28th, we've got the S&P Case Schiller U.S. Home Price Index year over year, and uh, last month it was up twenty point six percent year over year. Uh, I'm sure it will be elevated again. Uh, I, I you're probably not going to see this index start to go down significantly until later this summer. And then at ten o'clock you have the Consumer Confidence Index, and then on Wednesday, June 29th, you've got the revisions to the Q1 uh, GDP. Uh, there may be a slight adjustment on that number, and I will let you know on Friday. And then on Thursday, we've got personal consumption. We've got real disposable in income. We've got real consumer spending, nominal personal income, and continuing jobless as well as initial jobless claims. And then you have the Chicago PMI. And uh, then on Friday, July 1st, we've got the S&P Global U.S. Manufacturing Index. We've got the ISM Manufacturing Index, and we have construction spending. And that is it for today. And you have a good week. And thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to you on Saturday.